0: status as well, for us to live as elect exiles. And so would you join me in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse 4, and I'll read through verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Hear now the word of the Lord. As you come to Him, a living stone, rejected by men but in the sight of God, So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do, but you, you are a chosen race Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let's pray. Father, what a a wonderful text. There are words here that have beauty and power uh, that are stunning and incredible. And we pray that you would awaken us to that, because some of these words are familiar. Some of us have been around the church a while, or, or been around religion a while, and we've heard them a lot, and they cease to, to grab our attention, to capture our imaginations. And we pray that that would not be the case this morning. We pray that by the power of your Spirit, we would be captured By these words, we would be captured about the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ, that we would be formed and shaped to image what this text talks about. That will only happen by the work of your Holy Spirit. And so we ask for that. May he open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive the living word like a seed and to be transformed by it. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about us this morning. And by us, I mean center point and the church in general. And there's a problem with that topic. Because our culture tends to take religion and spirituality and put it in the realm of the individual. So that if we go to church... We go to church to hear about me and my relationship with God. Christianity has come, become this offer of, in the words of Depeche Mode, covered by Johnny Cash, the offer of your own personal Jesus. Here's the problem with that. That is more our culture and less Christianity. Historic Christianity says that to belong to Jesus is to belong to his people, his community, the church. So Christianity does involve the individual, it involves the personal. But it can never be limited there. And if it is, it ceases to be Christianity in any recognizable biblical sense. Christianity is not just you, it's y'all. It's not you and your relationship with God, it's all 'all y'all and y'all's relationship with God. You notice how Peter talks in this passage that we just read? He speaks in plural and collective language. Stones, living stones. A race, a clan, a nation. Not priest, but a priesthood. Not persons, but a people. He speaks here to us Not as individuals, but as the church. As a community belonging to Jesus. And remember from last week, Peter calls us to holiness. And what does holiness look like? It looks like sacrificial love within the Christian community. And resistance to desires and behaviors that would tear at the fabric of that community. Remember that he is helping us to deal with the pressure, with the tension of belonging to God in a world that has rejected and attempted to replace God. And one of the ways he does that, one of the main ways he helps us is to create solidarity around a communal identity. He says, as you belong to God, you belong to God as a group, as a community. And so I want to talk about us this morning. And yes, this is Family Talk. If you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, um, you are welcome to listen in. Because you will hear us talk about what is essential to our faith. If you don't belong to Centerpoint, this applies as much to the congregation to which you do belong. But I want to talk about us this morning. I want to come to this passage and I want to ask a couple of questions about the church. I want to ask a couple of questions about CenterPoint. First, who are we? And second, why are we? Who are we and why are we? First of all, who? This passage overflows with labels. And they are labels that Peter has plagiarized. He has plagiarized the Old Testament. He's ripped off these titles that were given to God's people, the nation of Israel. These titles of dignity and worth and honor, holy nation, royal priesthood, elect, chosen. And Peter takes these labels and he attaches them to us. He says, that's you. Now why can he do that? Why is it okay for him to plagiarize the Old Testament and talk about us? Well, first of all, understand where these labels come from, where they flow from. They flow from an image that he uses in verse 5. He says, you are living stones, built up into a spiritual house. This is the image of the temple. Remember the temple in the Old Testament. It was the place of God's unique presence. It was the way that God lived with His people. And understand, that's why they could bear all these titles of dignity and worth. That's why they could be called chosen. That's why they could be called holy. That's why they could be called treasured. It was because God had chosen to make His home with them. Through the structure of the temple. And Peter says, this is remarkable. The remarkable message of Peter to us is not only are you God's people, but you are God's people because you have become God's temple. As your lives are connected, as they are built together, church... God lives there. God lives in the connection of the church. So who who are we? We are the dwelling place of God. Center point, we are where God makes. His home. And because of that, we can be called holy and chosen and treasured. But still, how can he say that about us? Doesn't he know us? I mean, by most standards, we're not that impressive. <laughs> I mean, how can he say these incredible things about us that we are the dwelling place of God? How can he say that? Verse 4. You are living stones because of the living stone. You are made into the temple by being connected to the one, to Jesus, who called himself the temple and through his death and resurrection became the foundation of a new temple, the place where God lives. He can call us the dwelling place of God because Jesus died for us, because Jesus rose for us, because Jesus has poured out His Spirit on us. Peter doesn't give us dignity. He doesn't give us this honor because we're awesome, (coughs) because we're amazing. He gives us this honor because of what Jesus has done for us. In Jesus, we become the dwelling place of God. And we bear these titles of incredible dignity and worth. That's who we are. You know the Taken movies? I think we're on the third one now. I haven't seen the latter two, but I did see the first one on an airplane. Is that story right? The story of a of a, a dad and daughter, kind of an estranged relationship. Daughter gets cab, gets kidnapped. Dad puts the hurt on a lot of people in order to rescue daughter and bring her back. Right? I, I mean, in some ways, that that movie is, is just sort of a, a male fantasy of being a hero, right? But but at another level it's 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 the story of of a relationship that is transformed because the daughter is so precious that the dad would go to extreme lengths to get her back. That's our story. That's the church's story. That is Center Point's story. Once we had not received mercy. We were alienated from God. estranged strange for Him. But we are so precious to Him that He would move heaven and earth to get us back. Not only that, we are so precious to Him that He would give His Son not to kill, but to be killed. So that we could belong to Him Not only that our relationship would be reconciled to Him, but so that He could make His home with us. So that we could become the dwelling place of God. Center point, will you let this lift you today? Church, would you let this encourage you, refresh and renew you? This is how valuable you are to God. This is how precious you are. This is the honor that Jesus died to give to you. But as you let it encourage you, would you also let it challenge you? Because if Jesus valued the church that much, how how should we value the church? If Jesus would give His life to make us living stones, shouldn't we give our lives to that process of being built together as living stones? If God would go to such extreme lengths to dwell with us, how precious should the church be. Now that is not to say that the church is this wonderful place full of nice and happy people who always treat you kindly. Because it's not. Listen, the church is a mess. The church is a mess because it's full of people who are a mess. Chief among them, your pastor. Okay. And some of you sitting in this room, you have been hurt, you have been harmed by the mess that is the church. And that's something we have to deal with. And that's why the church is a place of repentance and reconciliation and forgiveness. And I don't want to dismiss that or belittle that. But I do want you to see here what makes the church attractive. What makes the church valuable? Is it that she is effective? Is it that she is full of wonderful people that you like? Is it that she has amazing powerful programs and events. What makes the church valuable? It's the living stuff. It is Jesus. It is what He has done. It is what He has given that creates the beauty of the church. God loves the church because of His Son. And we should do the same. Now, that's who we are. That is our status, a status of dignity, the dwelling place of God because of Jesus. But I want you to know the church isn't just a meditation circle where we sit around and feel good about ourselves. That's not the end goal here. And so we need to ask a second question. Not only who are we, but why are we? What's the goal of this? group of people, the church. Why do we exist? Why do we do the things that we do? Well, remember, controlling image of this text, this passage that we've read, is the temple. And the temple wasn't just a hangout joint, right? It wasn't just a place just to hang out. It was a place of action. And in particular, it was a place of connection to God and communication from God. It was a place for the people to connect to God in His presence, to receive His gifts, and it was a way to hear from Him and speak to Him. That was the temple. It It was a place of action. And so for Peter to call us the temple is not only the gift of dignity, it is the gift of purpose. And that purpose is enhanced and expanded in these titles that he gives to us, and particularly the titles that put us in the role of kings, And priest, you are a royal priesthood. So, in the Old Testament, temple was the place of connection and communication. The kings and priests were people of connection and communication. These roles, these people in these roles, were to connect God's people to God. They were to help communicate who God is, what He wants, what He desires from His people. That was their role. And Peter says, that's your role. You are to be not only the dwelling place of God, but you are to be a place of connection and communication. And understand that in the Old Testament, the goal of the kings and the priests wasn't just that the people would know God. The end goal is that the people would become kings and priests to the whole world. That God's people in their life would be a way that the nations would come to know God. And so the prophet Isaiah says, what's the end goal of all of this that God is doing? It is so that you would become a light to the nations. So the people from all over the world would stream from the ends of the earth to the place of God's presence and worship Him and know His ways. That's why we are. That is our goal. Why are we? Verse 9. You have all of these distinguished titles so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Verse 12. Because of who you are, live in such a way that even the people who hate your faith in the end... We'll have to glorify God. We exist not only to enjoy the honor of being the dwelling place of God, we exist so that through us, God can display His honor to the world. You know, in uh, science fiction and fantasy stories, a lot of times you'll have portals. So, these places or these objects that are, are a connection point between two different worlds, two different dimensions, like wormholes, the wardrobe in the Narnia uh, books, uh, the, what is it, platform nine and three quarters in Harry Potter? Peter says, In Jesus, that's you, church. You are a portal. Just as the temple was a portal, a connection between heaven and earth, church, you are a portal. You are a connection between heaven and earth. You exist to communicate who God is, what He desires. You exist to connect people to Him through worship. God gives us the honor of being his dwelling place so that he can display his honor to the world. Center point, we are the dwelling place of God so that Tallahassee could see the glory of God. So listen. We don't exist merely for ourselves. We don't exist merely for ourselves. We enjoy this dignity so that we can display His glory. So that people would say, not what a great church, but what a great God. That's why we are here. That is the goal of our life. That is why we gather for worship and community groups to work on the building. So that Tallahassee would see how great and good our God is. Now, the temptation of that is to think, oh wait, okay, so so now we need to do something really impressive. Impressive. Now we need, now we need to, 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 to build something really huge and, and something really beautiful. Now, because we, because we have to be for the glory of God, but remember, what's the, what's the message of the gospel? God displays His glory in weakness. He builds His temple on the stone that the builders looked at it and said, that's not, that's not worth it, th- worthy. Throw it to the side. The stone that was rejected, that is what God found His temple on. So we are called to live in the weakness of the gospel, trusting in Jesus and what He has done and in the life that He produces in us, and through that God will display His greatness to the world. And this means, center point, that we cannot withdraw We cannot withdraw from our culture, from our city, from our neighborhoods. There's a tendency within the church to say, hey, the culture is going to hell in a handbasket. Let's pull out and create something separate. But please remember, Peter is talking to people who live in a culture that is more hostile to the Christian faith and to the values of Christianity than our culture is. And Peter doesn't say, run, he says, stay. Remain in that tension with words and lives that communicate how good our God is. I took a walk around Cascades Park this week and there, there's a great view as you're walking around the edge of it of downtown Tallahassee. A really beautiful. You can see FAMU up on the up on the hill, the Capitol building, the Department of Education, hints of FSU's campus. Really beautiful view. And I looked at that and I noticed something. Do you know what is in the middle of that vista? The Green Derby. <laughs> this odd building where we sit this morning sits in the middle of all of that. And I thought, there it is. There's the sermon. There's a perfect visual parable of what we should be as a church in the middle of a world that is full of darkness. Shining with the light of the gospel. Maybe not impressive by the world's standards, but built on Jesus, the dwelling place of God so that he can display his glory to the nations. Let's pray. Father, what a high calling you have given to us. And so as we hear it and as we feel its weight, we also feel a deep gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. We're not worthy to be called a holy nation. We're not worthy to be called a people whom you treasure, a people whose purpose is to display your glory. We can feel our weakness, our inability to do that. And so we cast ourselves on the living stone. We rest ourselves on Jesus and what He has done for us. Would you encourage us with who we are. Would you fill us with a passion for your church so that we would give ourselves to each other and to this call that you have given to us? And Father, yes, would you make us a people who proclaim your excellencies? We long for that and we ask that your spirit would produce that here at Center Point, but not just Center Point. We ask that you would produce that in your church throughout Tallahassee. We think of our friends at Wildwood, at Four Oaks, at Door of Hope, at Downtown Community Church, other congregations that we have connections to throughout this city. We long to see your church shine with the beauty of the gospel so that our city and our world would see how good you are, that they would worship you. Would you do that? We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.